What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20 for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Hello, welcome to Real Ones. This is Logan Murdoch with my co-host, Raja Bell. Raja had a bit of audio difficulties, so his um, audio isn't as up to snuff uh, but we still will do it. It's not a, a usual pristine quality, but we have given you the best of what we have. Holla. What's poppin'? Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell there. This is Real Ones. Raja. This is our first, um, let's, let's call for celebration before we get into the shits. Um, this is our first Thursday show of the season, man. This is the dawn of a new era. We're going back to our Monday, Thursday uh, schedule of real ones. This is our first Thursday show. We couldn't do uh, Monday because that was a company holiday, but we are back on track two days out of the week, starting next week where the season starts. First Thursday show. Raja, how you feeling, dog? Ready to go, baby. I'm rejuvenated. I'm rested. I'm ready to go. I mean, I got, I got okay. shit to get off my chest, Logan. You I'm know, I'm gonna got, lie, man. You I know, this I was a Thursday show. I couldn't sleep worth shit last night. I was like the first day of school. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm capping, but I, I didn't sleep last <laughs> night. And I'm ready to go right now, though. Um, <sighs> let's just get to it. Let's get right into it, man. Mm. It's funny because I was, we were talking pre-production, and you know, there's just some times where. All my podcasters out there, all my pod fathers and pod mothers and all the all the pod, all, all my peeps out there, everybody out there knows. Sometimes you just don't the rundown is just getting hard, right? Where you just don't know what you're gonna put onto um onto your program. You have no idea what's going to happen. And then 
you know, right at night, you just, you know, you, you do your Googles and stuff and something happens where you're just like, oh, this is going to not only lead our show, it might just carry our show. And that happened last night in the days before our show. And that is the saga of one Kyrie Irving, Raja, who went on um, an IG live 19 minutes. I didn't see the full 19 minutes live. I actually found it on, you know, uh, the Nets Daily, the SB Nation um, site for the for the Nets. But you actually watched it a little bit. You, you, you're the social media guy now, and um, you're head of socials for Ringers, for Ringer Real Ones, and um, you got a chance to, to check it out. There's a lot of stuff going on. Can you just give me your your raw thoughts on what you saw from that 19-minute clip from unvaccinated Kyrie Irving, please? Yeah, first of all, I didn't watch the whole 19 because, I don't know, like eight or nine minutes into it, um, I tapped out. I was kind of like what I say to the people who hop in my DM sometimes. You can just miss me with some of that. Like, I, I it's just, I, I, felt, I felt confused, I guess is the best way to put it the way I felt eight or nine minutes into it. It just felt like you were kind of all over the place. Um, left me feeling kind of like you're looking for different places and different reasons uh, and different explanations um, that kind of fit the narrative, maybe trying to paint yourself as, as the victim in this to some degree. Um, yeah. And for that, I just couldn't listen anymore. And so I, I didn't watch the whole 19 admittedly. Yeah. Um, in the, in the 19 minute IG clip, he talked about how he's doing what's best for him to not get vaccinated. He alluded to not be alluded to being told one thing about vaccinations in the summer by the nets that he could get it, maybe an exemption by the nets or maybe by the New York. I don't know. It's unclear right there, but he thought that he could get an exemption from getting the vaccine. And he says he's not anti-vax, but he is trying to speak up for the people without a voice um, who want to, who don't want to put things into their bodies. And I, I do feel like most times, and I want to give Kyrie the benefit of the doubt. I do feel like sometimes he, or most times his heart seems to be in the right place, I guess with these things, but it always seems to come up when he gets himself in trouble. I'm just not speaking up for the media because the media are pawns, right? Or they're not going to do, they're not, they're not saying the right thing. And most times we don't really hear what you're talking about. You never talk to us. And when you do, it's a lot of misguided stuff. It's a lot of stuff that there's some truth and, but a large majority of it that gets put out there is not truth from you, from your words. And what makes the Kyrie holdout different from all the other holdouts that we've seen uh, when we talk about Ben Simmons, when we even talk about the NFL, because you know we're both NFL guys, what's the biggest thing with this holdout um, when it comes to a team than other holdouts that we see where, you know, players do get support from things like this, when they do get support from their teammates, when they do get support um, maybe from some people in the front office. But what what is different between this holdout and other holdouts that you've seen? Um, it's a good question, Logan, because it's hard to digest all of that, right? Because there's a lot that goes into that. Um, yeah. Amongst other things, I would say history. Mm. You have a history of not being available, both for injury, which is beyond your control, and no one would hold that against you, but also being unavailable for reasons that have nothing to do with an injury, yeah. where you just need time to go off and do what you do um, while everyone else is at work and on this same journey and quest 
um, galvanized as a unit to try to win this championship. And so I think what's different about this one is the history behind Kyrie and some of the, some of the other times in that history where he has been unavailable for his own personal reasons. Yeah. Is that fair? I I want to also be fair to Kyrie, but I I I do too. And I was talking, it was funny because I was talking to somebody uh, at least last night about this and it, the biggest thing that I, they were talking about how, you know, Kyrie's not the first person to have this unvaccinated stance. Right. And, um, especially in the NBA. So does he feel the person, you know, just, you know, throw throughout is Kyrie might potentially be targeted. My answer to that was, I don't think this would have been as polarizing if Kyrie didn't have the history that he has. If he didn't, I think people forget that he left the team without talking last year, without telling anyone uh, on the nets that he was leaving for a a family reason or anything, but he didn't tell anybody about this. And then we get the, this goes back to my point of when he gets in trouble, he's talking about how he's fighting for something. Like last time he was talking about how he's fighting for, it came out maybe, maybe he's fighting for workers comp. Right. But or workers comp in the NBA or, or PTO in the NBA. Right. Not workers comp, but PTO. And when we take PTO, we got to tell our bosses, you know, no matter what walk of life this is. Right. But we forget all of what that happened. And I think if, if there was if this was just an isolated incident and Kyrie didn't have a history of this, I think that we would probably give him the grace that he's asking for during this time. Am I wrong on that? I think that that's really the biggest thing is if this history of Kyrie wasn't the history of Kyrie, we'd probably be on his side. But it's just a it's just a gradual thing because you worked with him in Cleveland and then and, and it keeps on going. And we've seen this. We've seen it in Boston. We've seen this in and now in Brooklyn. And it's just been a pattern so far. And I don't think we would have been as hard on him about this if there wasn't such a pattern. Yeah, well, let me be clear. Like, I didn't see this in, in in Cleveland. Like, there weren't any issues with with anything like that. Like, they he seemed to be fine. The team was fine. And then, you know, I resigned. They went on to win a championship. And whatever transpired there after I left, I wasn't privy to. So I, I didn't get to see that. I've watched from afar, though. And I do think it's fair that that you take, you know, history and his history into account um, when you're forming an opinion on what's what's going on right now. I, however, without his history, still would not be on his side. There's no, I wouldn't be on his side because I try to put myself in the position of someone on that team that would have been similar to me in my career. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who looked around this off season and said, you know, one of two scenarios, probably, man, I'm older. Um, what's the best opportunity? I'm a minimum guy at this point. What's the best opportunity for me to win a championship? And I deemed Brooklyn to be that or a guy who may have been able to make more money somewhere else, but because of the opportunity to win a championship. And I, I, this happened to me. Um, so uh, you, you chose to go to Brooklyn, for instance, if in my career, when I had the opportunity to go play for the heat, the year they, the big three came about and I did have the opportunity to go there, but it was for the minimum. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had offers from Boston and Utah on the table for, nine and a half, $10 million for multiple years. Right. I could have chosen to go play for the heat. I did not, but had I chosen to go play for the heat and then D Wade, for whatever reason, you know, the city of Miami came down with a mandate and D Wade decided he didn't want to comply with that. And so he was going to sit out the year standing up for a bunch of other people 
um, I would be looking at him sideways. Like, dog, wait a minute. I, I sacrificed you a lot literally of took to money out of my pocket. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, correct. And so that's the stance that, that and, and the, I, that I'm coming from. So I wouldn't be on side regardless. I'm not even touching vaccines versus, you know, non-vaccines and the hell I'm not even getting yeah. into that. I'm talking about purely as a teammate, you know, as someone who yeah. chose to come to Brooklyn um, to get something done. And now, you know, that's in jeopardy. Listen, man, our, and I'm with you on this. Our, both of our stances have been crystal clear on this show about how we feel about vaccines. So there's really no play, reason to go there, but I do want to get on the, to the teammate point of this, because at what point does not only guys like you and role players, patients get thin because by and large, man, changes are going to happen until like Kevin Durant and Harden's views change to this, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you think that when do you think that they get at their wits end and they're just like, okay, we're giving up on Kyrie completely. Like now they've already done that and said like, yo, you can't play until you get jabbed up. This is not going to happen. But at what point do they just get like, man, dude, what are you doing? It's simple. It's not, it's, it's just get one shot for us. It's not even about your health at this point. It's about being a good teammate, right? At what point do you think that they're the superstar patients weighs thin? Because we already know the front offices, as as thin, we know we've seen read between the lines with Steve Nash. The patience is thin. When does it get to probably the most important people in that organization's patience getting thin? It's a great question. I didn't, you know, when I when I told you what my stance was, like it would be, it's impossible for me to put myself in their shoes. Like I wasn't that type of player. Like I, you know, yeah. I didn't have that. It's it's hard, but I can. So I can only assume um, that if they get, I don't know, let's say a quarter of the way through the season. And there isn't, or there aren't clear lines of communication with Kyrie. Um, and those lines of communication are expressing that we are getting this dealt with and he will be on a court in Brooklyn sooner rather than later. I think you're going to reach a point where, where those dudes are out, you know, and uh, that's just me speculating. I mean, we're talking 15, 20 games. You may be able to salvage something after that. If he were to come back into the fold, you know, um, much longer than that, and, and it's too much to overcome, even for the greatness of Kevin Durant, Kyrie and James Harden. Kyrie is great. Like he's a phenomenal great. player, um, but that's too much to overcome. You're dealing with the second year head coach and Steve Nash. That's my guy. But it's I mean, he's still he's still new to this. You know, that's that, that isn't a season um, Phil Jackson or, you know, Jerry Sloan or, you know, I mean, guys that just know how to handle everything that you throw at them because they've got a life's worth of, of work in the field. So, yeah. I think Logan, I mean, I would guess like that, but let me say this, Brooklyn did what they had to do. It was the only play for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Anyone saying otherwise, you're just not in touch with reality. There's no way that they could keep organizational control, have a bunch of guys in a locker room, buy in to working together towards this common goal of winning the championship. And at the same time, have one of their major like cogs in the wheel showing up half of the time. It's impossible. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. When your personal care routine needs a refresh, Dr. Squatch is here to help. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients that'll have you looking and smelling your best. Like the Bay Rum Soap and Deodorant. It smells delightfully spicy. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. 
Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Spotify or use the code Spotify at checkout. Well, how would you feel if you're another team? All right, because there's only at the, at this point there's only really two markets that are that are doing this that are that have the mandates as New York and as San Francisco, right now at this point. Now, right. California as a you know we've talked about this. California could probably do this mandate at some point. You know, other like states could probably do this mandate at some point. But at this moment, only two jurisdictions are really uh, locked in on these mandates. Do you think that there's another way, like maybe another team can come get Kyrie or something like that? Or is it, I feel like he, he's messed that up too. His, his, his trade value is eroding right now. Or you're looking at me sideways. You don't think so? Yeah, I, th- I think talent always wins out. As long mm-hmm. as talent is still in its prime, it's going to win. Yeah. They, it's going to win. People can't resist. It's irresistible, bro. And Kyrie is still in his prime and he is super talented. And so while I'm sure. Every single NBA team, hear me now, every single NBA team is having a conversation about you're not going to be able to trust him. Everybody, at least one person in every front office when his name is brought up is saying, if they have a good front office, can't trust him. Those same front offices given the opportunity to take a swing at that talent, a bunch of them are going to do it. Why why does that happen? Because, and I'm always fascinated by that, Rob, when... It's clearly that it's about to crash and burn. Teams can't help themselves and still pick up a guy like that, right? Where it's the the proof is in the pudding. They, they they've been doing this, and they're like, oh, "We're gonna take a jab at it and see what's up." We're gonna see why do teams do that when the writing is clearly on the wall? We all see it, and we know that they see it, and they still they still just take a chance. I mean, in some cases, it's just you know, you're over you, you've overthought it. In some cases, you think. You know, you're so good at your job. There's a level of ego that goes in into it. Like I can, I, no one else has been able to make this work. I can, I mean, there's some of that going on, right? There are also situations like, you know, that I had in Cleveland with David Griffin and Trent Redden and Kobe Altman when it was, when we traded for J.R. Smith, who had kind of fallen out in, in, in New York. And we felt like the culture that LeBron brought into the locker room and the pieces that were in place we're going to be able to help JR and, and, and JR was going to be able to help them, you know, but you get the best out of JR because you had a, you had a good enough culture set up. Um, it's kind of like Tom Brady, right? When Tom Brady is able to bring in guys like, you know, AB who was kind of yeah. out around the league and, and Tom was like, look, I can handle that. We can, we, he's still got a lot of tread on the tire, just, you know, personality may be a little difficult for some people, but I can handle it. Like culturally I set a tone that can absorb that. Um, I think there's some of that that goes on, but more often than not, Logan, after all of that, I said, what it boils down to is very few people on the planet in history have been able to do what a, with the basketball, what Kyrie Irving can do. That's a mouthful. I understand. And I can have my opinion about how he handles some of his business, about the way he's handling this situation and still say that what he does with the ball Historically speaking, not many people on the planet have ever been able to do it. And so you're going to take a swing at it. You're going to at least look. Yeah. But it's funny because it goes back to the polarization of this vaccine stuff because also, you know, and again, you know my stance on vaccines. But we see this, we we juxtapose this. Like, say if 
do we think that this would have been a bigger deal if, say, Kyrie was in Denver, right? Where we just had a a big feature from um, a big feature from Rob Mahoney on Michael Porter Jr., who okay. has said on record, "I'm not getting vaccinated," and or "I'm not getting vaccinated just yet." And um, but he's in Colorado where there's no such mandate. Do you think it would have been as polarizing if no nope. um, he was in Denver and he was doing was was just saying kind of the same things? No. Definitely not. It's because he lives in in a municipality where he can't go to work and do his job. And like if he was in Denver where that doesn't exist, it would just be it would be what it is. You know, like it it wouldn't be a big deal because he wouldn't be missing all of that time. Like you're paid to do a job, man. You're paid 40 million. I want to make 34 million dollars to do a job. And you signed on to do that job. You've in, in some instances, you've you've I don't want to say coerced. That's too strong of a word. But you've you've aligned with other people to bring them to Brooklyn with you to do a job. And and when you do that, there's a responsibility, right? And if you're not then going to be able to do that job and live up to your end of the bargain by your own choice, we all have choices to make. Like, you know, what, what, what I'd like people to miss me with is the whole, like, you know, he don't have a, yeah, he's got a choice. Like he's, he's, he's choosing not to do it. Like it's, 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 the law currently where he is like, and where he's chosen to play. Also, I would say Kyrie wanted to go to Brooklyn, right? He wanted to be in Brooklyn. He wanted to be in New York, New York, New York passed this legislation or whatever happened. And then this, this is where we are. What are we going to do? So no, it wouldn't be the same story, but like you do have a choice, right? Like you have a choice. You, you, you can yeah. do it or you don't have to do it. And if you choose not to do it, then like I've said on the pod before, like you choose not to get your kids vaccinated. It's your choice. They just yeah. can't go to public school. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's up. just, I mean, it's what it is. And so, they can't be around my kids. <laughs> you know, like, you know, so I don't know. It would not, it would not be the same story. I just, you know, you, degree, um, how much does ego play a part into this? Cause I, I see this and I see it. Somebody who's like, yeah, man, I think this has been the rap on, on Kyrie this whole time. It's just like, yeah, I'm smart, but I'm gonna let you know that I'm smart and I'm going to let you, I'm going to, you have to believe me and whatever I say is, is right. Media is pawns. This is what I'm standing up for and things like that. But it always seems like he's talking down to these people. And how, what does that say like about him as a leader and him as a, as a person in, in, in this space with that ego? I've already said about leadership. We talked about this a few pods ago. I don't, I don't know how many people heard it because, you know, we were infrequent at the time. We were just coming back. Leadership requires stability. You know, it requires accountability. It requires coming into work every day and being the same dude. So people know what to expect out of you. If you don't check those boxes, then it's going to be hard for you to be an effective leader. Mm -hmm. Right. And those that are in the building need to really, really decide whether or not you're the best person to lead them. Right. Um, So let me just leave that there. Um, You know, I hear him talk. Yes. Quite often. It's not even the I'm smarter than you that he comes off as for me. Like, cause you can, I mean, Hey man, you're smarter than me. God bless you. I don't know, but it's the, you know, more enlightened than, than everyone else that interests me the most. Right. Like he's got this, you know, to, to the way he's got this fourth eye, forget about the third eye. Like he's got a whole (laughs) nother eye that don't nobody else get to tap into. And that that's, that's fascinating for me. Like, you know, you're talking about all these people losing jobs and, being forced to lose money. You know what else happened? A lot of people died. Yes. Like, do you know? Yeah, a man. lot of people and died. You know and, yeah. and, and people, like, I'm 
sorry. We're on the, we're on the vaccine conversation. I said, I wasn't going to go there now. Like, no, ideally, ideally, no, I don't want to take a vaccine. I don't, I'd rather not given the choice during regular times. And you said, Hey, you take this shot in your arm where you don't have to, no, I'm good. I don't want to take it. But given the context of the global pandemic pandemic, which we are still in, by the way, and he said last night that we're, that we're out of, we are not out of it. We're still in it. Given the context and my, and my social responsibility in my eyes to help get us out of the pandemic, I'm going to take the vaccine. Yeah. Hey, man, I think I'm going to make a, a declaration, man. I don't want to talk about Kyrie anymore after this episode, dog. And I, with that, let's let's talk about some happier stuff on the break. I got some happy shit to talk about. Let's do it, bro. Let's Come take on, a quick man. break, man. All right, Rob, let's talk about some happy stuff, man. I'm here to spew propaganda, and I'm here for you to tell me that I'm stupid and that I, can, no. and I don't know what uh, I'm talking about. With pleasure. You ready to do this? So... I just, like I said, I've been around the Warriors for like the last, I'd say two and a half weeks working on a story that's coming out Monday. I think you guys will like it. Um, But I don't know how much preseason basketball you've been watching, but I've been watching a lot of Warriors preseason basketball. And I, I think Jordan Poole might be an all-star one day. (laughs) I really do. Remember, hold on, hold on. Just let me get my whole spiel out. Let me get my whole spiel out. Okay. (laughs) Remember last year. When Jomi came on our program after two and a half Laker games and two, and like seven quarters of watching Taylor Horton Tucker, um, you know, play really great in preseason, right? And drinking the Kool Aid, and he just basically said that Taylor Horton Tucker was the the next the next best Laker guard. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He is going to be a champion. He's going to win a title by himself. It doesn't matter if LeBron is on the roster. That's It's not what he said. It was basically what he said. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong for having similar feelings about Jordan Poole no. right now? No, I don't know. No, I mean, first of all, you're not wrong for having, like, he can he can play. I watched him the other night um, against the Lakers. He can hoop. And I, I, you know what? Honest guy, when I turned the game on, he had a couple splash plays immediately. And I said, damn, that, I, this was my thought. Like, Man, if you get a healthy clay and and he's taking that next step into into evolution as an as an NBA player with Steph and Draymond like that, you're cooking. So I'm I am not all the way where you are, but I do think he's a nice player. I would just caution the same way I caution Jomi. All right. Allow me to do this. First of all, I thought it was hilarious that before you launched into your spiel, like the <laughs> wry smile that came across your face for those who can't see you right now was like, I couldn't tell you. This wasn't just a lighthearted, like, Hey man, you're like really a fan. Okay. So oh, like, no, bro. Like, I didn't were, think he had this in him. No, I know I, you were I, excited. I, you were I, excited. I, you were like, yes, this is happening. Um, bro, I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to no, say? Look, look. I just cautioned all of that. Like, you can look fantastic in, and I'd say it again, in, in preseason and in summer league. And I would just say as fantastic as I think Taylor Horton Tucker was last year, you know what he, you know what he averaged? Tell me what he averaged. Uh, nine points a game. I thought he averaged like 19 points a game based on I, what Jeremy texted me. Every not, but it's, it's, my point is that is not shabby at all. Now to, to some idiots who watch the NBA, if you don't average 27, you're a bum. But the fact like nine points are nine meaningful points, but there's a big difference between like with Joe me and, and people told me he was going to be 
and and the nine points that he wound up averaging. Now he's going to continue to get better. So will Jordan Poole. I'm just saying I don't think superstardom. If if if, and I think that's okay, right? What's the, what's the okay? Tell me this right now. And I've we've been around the game a long time, and I always defer to you with basketball questions like this. What is it? the difference between preseason basketball and and regular season basketball in terms of play like i was talk, like we're, we saw i saw lebron last week and he basically told the media he's like i don't give a fuck about preseason i don't care i do not care about anything about preseason i want to get to the regular season this is this is just i'm running through the motions right now i don't care what is the difference when you get to LeBron saying that versus opening night when Jordan Poole has to face LeBron James because that is really the marquee matchup of the game um yeah. opening night Speed and physicality. Okay. I mean, you know, um, locked in in this, if you will. Mm. Right? Like, in the preseason, you know, I may know that Logan is a good shooter. Um, and my assignment you might should be know to, that. like... You should know that, Roger. Right, I should know that because it was on my scouting report. And I should mm. run over there and try to run you off and make you a, 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 a pull-up shooter, make you have to dribble the ball a few times because you're a catch-and-shoot guy. But it's the preseason. So I kind of run over half-heartedly, giving you the time I talked about to squeeze, and boom, you knocked it down, so you look good. Now, in a regular season game when there's more on the line, like I'm going to run out there and get on top of your toes so you can't shoot that ball. Now you got to put it on the floor. Your, your percentage has dropped dramatically, right? So that's the time I talked about. The physicality is just that. Like Nobody's trying to get hurt in the preseason. So you know, you're not banging and jostling the same way you would. Like It just doesn't mean as much. And so you know, some of those drives to the rim and those forays to the rim where, where you see guys like last night, I forget who the kid was from Orlando. Don't drive down the lane. Just don't, don't, they, you know, try to dunk of, on Mo Bamba. Bro, try to dunk on Mo Bamba. Like, that's fine. But somebody's stepping in front of that in the, in the regular season and, 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 and making you get up off the ground. Well, not as much in today's NBA, but the point is it means a little bit more. And so there's a little bit more physicality and it takes away some of the things that some people are able to do. I've told this story before played MJ in my second year in the league. It was my second, it was my third preseason. I didn't play much with Atlanta my first year. Um, I didn't play much with San Antonio my second year, but I was playing a lot for Philly in this preseason. And every starter was out. Like uh, Allen Iverson had surgery late. Aaron McKee had surgery late and Eric Snow was out. So Speedy Claxton and myself were the starting guards given like just doing everything we wanted to do. I gave MJ a hot 21 at Penn State. We yep. were at Penn State University. Nanny, God bless her. She turned 95 September 13th. Nanny was in the building, my grandma, sitting behind mm. the bench. Shout out to the OG. In. Yep. Going in. Shout out to the OG. I, well, I, thought, I thought it was Kate, Logan. I was gassed. What? With the family after the game, my oldest shit's about to be. It's, I'm here, baby. I'm going to be one of the greatest I'm, of all time. I'm here. I'm, I'm better than Michael Jordan. I am I'm better. I'm in the building. <laughs> Fast forward to three weeks later, first regular season game in Washington, D.C. I ain't scored a point. MJ probably had 27. It just was, it, he just didn't care. Was it like a soft 27? Was this like a, like a, like a, it was, a light old, 27? it was an old man 27. Like, take this. You, yeah. you can't do anything about this. And I don't know what you thought Penn State was, but that is not real NBA, bro. Welcome. I saw this funny because it was a similar um, friend of the show, Juan Tons, Toscano Anderson, had a moment with LeBron uh, in the first game. It was at Chase Center against the Lakers. And, First of all, Juan felt the shit out of LeBron and he didn't call it. 
right, on a fadeaway. He fouled the shit out of him and then goes in and then um, hits like a transition three on the other end. And I'm above the family section, so the family section just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, it's like Juan Toscano Anderson, Mexi- uh, Team Mexico jerseys in the building. Like, it was it was ready. To, it was rolling. It was, it was ready to go, right? And then um, a couple, like on Tuesday, Le- LeBron got him on that same spot and was like, all right, and just cooked him, just gave him the same, <laughs> the same move every time. Just like, ah, ah, here, take this shoulder. Ah, Dirk fade away. Oh, take this shoulder. Oh, oh, spin, Kobe fade away. It, it all net. And I, it was yeah. just like, damn, it was, it, that was, that was, um, that was crazy. A quick transition though. Jordan Poole, I think, I don't know if he's going to be an all-star, but he's hitting shots that's just, that's ridiculous. Like he's he's throwing up those step shots from the from the wing, from the um, he's throwing up those. It's just it's just it's just a, a great thing. Now, conversely, I I I'm should I be concerned with the with the Lakers because the Lakers look like shit in the preseason right now. They oh. look out of sorts. They can't play defense. Russ is throwing it into the stands. Carmelo's not playing any defense and hitting threes and hitting like one three a game and then doing a three chuck to the ear <laughs> after not playing defense all game. What is what, should, what is my level of concern? What should it be for the Lakers? A three on a scale of one to ten. Okay. I don't think there's need for much concern. The older you are, the older you get, the more experience you have, the less you care about the actual result of a preseason game. You're just trying to get out there, get the juices flowing, continue to get in shape, get a little rhythm and a feel. And... <clears throat> I would go as far as to say, don't worry about the first 10 games of the Lakers season. Mm. Don't even trip. Like that's going to come together. Like eventually they'll have to figure it out. They've got a lot of pieces that overlap now. Um, And when you have a lot of pieces that overlap like that, don't necessarily all fit into the picture, like seamlessly, you got to trim some of them, you know, like you got to cut around the edges. Somebody's got to give up a little bit of that. I got to squeeze you in here. I give up a little bit of me for you to shine there. That's going to take some time. Um, So as long as they stay healthy and they can defend, right? Because they can't be a sieve defensively. See what happens with older players, even if they were really good defenders, like towards the end, you know, Kobe was a phenomenal defender when he wanted to be. But as he got older, it became selective and in in selective spots. Like he wasn't just a beast defensively all the time, you know? Um, That becomes harder to do. Like same with MJ, same with all the greats. Like they can't defend all the time. So if if they have to keep their chops defensively, but I wouldn't really worry about them. You know what I hate? Quick side note. I hate the compilations of like bad defense compilations because there's no context around those bad defense compilations, right? Where people, (laughs) where there's sometimes where players just don't care. And then they're like, when was this game? Oh, it was in January on the third night, like of a back to back to back. Like I'm not. I'm not going to, I'm not going to run out on that shooter, dude. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. And then they act like, oh, this person's just a terrible defender because in a January game, they didn't give maximum effort. I, I just, I, I don't like You that. hate that. Now, here's what I'd say. I can, I can grant you that. But if said player has 27 clips in the compilation, then I think it's fair. If Logan Murdoch shows up one time in a January 3rd game, not on a closeout, that's one thing. If Logan Murdoch has 27 clips of Logan Murdoch not doing his job and not giving a shit defensively. I mean, that's there's probably going to be 27 clips in one game of me not giving a full effort <laughs> defensively. And then also one of 27 from the field. So like, uh, I'm just, I'm all it's a over dangerous the place. combo, sir. That's a dangerous We're out combo. Here. Um, let's take like some tidbits before we get out of here. Ben Simmons, man, he's back. 
He's back um, with the Philly Sixers. And um, I don't know where this goes. I have no idea where this goes. I I I can I don't I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. I'm sure it's happened before. Where could Ben Simmons finish the season with the Sixers right now? We're making a prediction sure. time. What, what's going on? Do you sure. think it, are you it can happen? Will he? Or are you saying could he? Absolutely could. Could he? Absolutely. Why is that? How can you make a? How can you make this relationship better? Just time with each other. Hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry I too. I don't know that it has to be better for him to finish out the season. What you know what I'm saying to, to you? It just like, has to be like lack of suitors or something. What does it have to be yeah, for him to stay? To be, we, we can't get the type of offer that we want for you. And you don't really have any other option if you want to make your money. And we're going to make this work. Now, I'm not saying that will happen, but that could very well happen. But when I when I see this, it's just, I, I don't know what to think of this. But I do think that they can make a, a resolution. We saw this before, like when Kobe just blatantly asked for a trade with the Lakers and was like, they're opening night. Um it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not. You know what's you know what's interesting, Logan? Because I've said before, like it's a distraction. Like he, you know, I don't know that you want that if you're the Sixers. I would say this though. If if Ben Simmons feels so disrespected that he takes it personally, he doesn't have to be great with everybody there. He's mm-hmm. just gotta take that shit out on the court. Yes. Right? Like all of the disrespect and animosity that you feel from fans or whoever you're saying is doing that to you, take it, um, channel it and bring that to the product that the Sixers are throwing on the floor. And they could be a better team than they were last year. Yeah. He's that good. They're that good. So it doesn't have to be all like roses and, 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 and drinking wine together and, and kumbaya. It doesn't have to be that. He's just got to be, a monster and a savage out there on the court. And if he can figure out a way to do that, whether he's happy or not, I think they're okay. You buying um, Ben Simmons MVP stock right now? It's at all time long. No, I ain't buying it. I'm not buying that, bro. I mean, it's free. They're giving it away. I might just take it because they're giving I mean, it away. If you're going to give it to me, you asked me if I was I'm buying might, it. <laughs> I might just take it. I might again, just take it. Again, again, can, can we do this, man? The boy, the boy can play. He's the boy not, can play. He can play, man. Let's stop. He's just not a, he's not a scorer, but he can play. Yeah. All right. Um, story time before we get out of here. I have a story to tell you, Raja. So um, last week I went to uh, the Hollywood Bowl for a um, – I went to the Hollywood Bowl for the Chappelle. Um, he had like a documentary screening. Dave Chappelle had a documentary screening at the Hollywood Bowl last week. And, um, you know, I get there, you know, you know, L.A. traffic is crazy. So, you know, I get there a little early, you know, get my um, get there right when the gates open. Right, so I can get some merch and stuff, and then um, I go to the snack bar, you know, because I got to get some waters. Because you know, when I got there, they uh, they took away my. I, I got I had some essentias, and they took them away at the gate. They said you can't have your essentias. The dude was like, "No, man, we're not. We can't bring that in there." So, and he was like, "Yo, I'm going to dispose of these." I'm like, "No, don't dispose of these. You can have them, dude. You can have them. <laughs> um, please take them." And so I go to the go get some water. Um, at the, get some water bottles at the, uh, concession stand. And so I'm going, man, and I, I'm about to go, I, I asked for two waters and, um, and I'm going and I'm, uh, I'm, uh, about to go pay. And I, in the, in the, what the young lady and the, uh, in the front, uh, who's, who's taking my order says, um, are you Logan? And I'm like, I haven't even brought my card out. I'm like, how do you know my name? Like, you don't even, I don't even have my ID out. And he's like, are you, she says again, are you Logan? And I say, yeah. 
And the dude behind her goes, yo, what's good, Logan? Real ones, what's up, man? Real ones, what's popping, yo? Hey, what's going on? What's up? What's happening? What's happening, right? And so I'm like, yo, what's good? Also trying to be like, yo, can I get these waters for free? What's good? You know, we clearly like what's popping, you know, what's up? And so um, I acknowledge, I'm like, yo, thank you so much for listening and stuff like that, right? And then... um. And then I'm about to go pay or whatever. And like, it's probably like 15 seconds have gone by since then. And then he's like, yo, Logan, what's popping? Can I be real one of the week? Oh. And so. Oh, a solicitation for real one of the week. Okay. So my man, Corey, from the Hollywood Bowl snack bar is my real one of the week. Because, he, you, because he asked or because he gave you that shit for free, bro? I, you know what? Because we have a fan out here, we have fans out here. So I'm a, just because you know, because he just acknowledged okay. the team, man. You know what Corey. I mean? Shout out to I got shout out to Corey, man. Shout out to Corey. to Corey, bro. That's shout out bad. to you, my guy. So that's without being said, who is your real one of the week? Mm, that's it. Mm. Mm. You weren't even ready for that. I was not ready for that. You told me a story time. I didn't even know that. I should have seen it coming. Um, a lot happened this week, Logan. Mm. You usually say that when you don't got shit to say. You usually say that when you're not prepared. I'm searching right now. Like, I want to go off the top of my dome and tell you Lamar, but he's been Lamar Jackson because he's been my real one multiple times. But did you see what he did um, against the Colts? Can we just talk about that? I know who it is, man. But did you see what he did? Yeah, but I have an argument for another quarterback. I'm not not going. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I want to, but I have to acknowledge the brilliance that was Lamar Jackson. He was like, no, I'm not talking about Lamar Jackson. There's another quarterback. Uh-oh. That is is out here balling right now and might be doing something this weekend. I'm just saying, I don't know if you want to if you want to bestow real one of the week to such quarterback, but you know. Are you trying to shout out my young buck? Oh, okay. I'm trying well, to shout out our, well, the young well, buck of the real ones, our little real one out here. Well, allow me to then. <clears throat> yes, sir. Um, yeah, real one of the week this week. Can I let me just do it to my three sons, man? Let me do it to my three okay. sons. First, my young buck Dia Bell, eighth grader. Um will probably start his first varsity football game for American Heritage School this mm-hmm. weekend um, or this yep. Friday night. Yeah, not not too shabby. I mean, what's the, what's the mascot at American Heritage? The Patriots. Let's go Patriots. I Patriots. hate saying that. I can't say that. It hurts me, but let's go American Heritage Patriots. Let's no, get I it. I appreciate that, man. Young is doing his thing. He's tr- he's on his grind, man. Um, my young and Ty Bell, who, who uh, wide receiver, running back slash cornerback, Got a big oh game goodness. against Tamrak this weekend. Yeah, he's just an athlete. He kind of does it all. Okay. And a special shout out to my young and I, I he's nine and his two brothers are kind of linked together because they're 18 months apart. So we spend a lot of time at their sports and stuff. But I snuck out into the backyard on Tuesday to watch my young buck Zen Bell training. I didn't have the time that I had with the older two to train them. So I got him a trainer. And he is out there on his grind, bro. Like really growing as a little player and starting to love basketball. So real one of the week, the Bell Boys. Boom. Shout out to the Bell Boys, man. We out here, man. Real ones of the week. Shout out Corey and shout out to the Bell Boys, man. That's real ones up. of the week, man. No doubt. Um, that's been another edition of Real One of the Week. And also another edition of the the Real Ones podcast, dog. We will see it's you guys on Monday. Back, baby. It's we good back. to be back, back, man. We back, dog. It's good to be back, man. Check out everybody on the Ringer um, NBA feed. Take out, check out mismatch. Check out group chat. Check out the answer. 
Also, make sure you check out our NBA Palooza coverage starting next Tuesday. We out here, you know what I mean? We about to be we about to be locked and loaded. We got all the stuff popping. We have a um, we have a lot of stuff in the works, man. Make sure you check out Black Girl Songbook with who? Raja Bell, town legend Daniel Smith. Make sure you check out R two C two with who? Raja Bell. That would be the Crestside Clown, also Vallejo legend CC Sabathia. Okay, on a quick side note, he's a Raider fan, and I just want to say, I'm not going to go too much more into this. The Ooh. autumn wind is a joke, and I told you that the autumn wind was a joke. I told you, you this. You, you tried, tried to get to me. me. You tried, you tried, I, try, I tried to tell you. That's all I'm going to go there. Um, but make sure you check out 60 songs that defined the 90s with Rob Horvella. We will see you guys next week. Holla. Holla.